Hello, welcome back to the Interesting Things podcast. On this episode, I have a very special guest, Mr. Nick Maley, also known as That Yoda Guy. Nick has a movie museum of the same name on the Caribbean island of St. Martin. He's a creature special effects makeup artist credited on over 50 movies, including Clash of the Titans, Crawl, and of course, Star Wars. I had the chance to sit down with Nick for a few minutes and ask him some questions, including how he got his nickname, how he got into the industry, what his creative process is, and a couple other things, including his book, The Do or Do Not Outlook. He's a really smart and intelligent guy with a lot of great insight, so let's hear from him. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me today. Um, can you explain the name that Yoda guy? Yeah, that's an easy one, really. You know, I, I was a guy that worked on uh, Star Wars and was involved in building Yoda, and they took some photographs of me with the radio-controlled version of Yoda. Years later, when I was in the Caribbean, I had art galleries there, and the cruise ships started to pick me up. And uh, they said, oh, but you've got to tell people he worked on Yoda, right? So I said, okay, well, look, here's a picture. I've been working on Yoda. You can use that in your talk. So they go to their talk uh, and they show the picture and they say, this is Nick Maley and he's got a gallery called Island Arts and he's in town. And the people come off the ship, they can't remember Nick Maley, they can't remember Island Arts and they go up to locals and say, where's that Yoda guy? And, uh, you know, the, the locals didn't know what the hell they were talking about. So what they did was, um, you know, they, they would finally come in and say, nobody knows who you are. And I said, what did you want? So we put that Yoda guy on the outside of the building so the locals would know what they were talking about. Ah. So working in movies, is that something that you always knew you wanted to do? Is it something that you just stumbled into accidentally? How did that happen? Yeah, my dad was an actor, so I grew up in the theater. And I, I wanted to be a performer. Actually, I thought I'd be a comedian because they're usually top of the bill. And, you know, I was uh, obnoxious enough to want to be uh, the, the top of the bill. Um, <laughs> And uh, as time went by, you know, I would learn stage makeup and prop building from my dad for the school plays. Um, I, I, I then got, by the time I was getting into my late teens, I realized that the rest of the world had been lying to me and that I wasn't going to be tall and handsome and that if I, if I stayed as a performer, I'd be unemployed most of the time. So I looked at the other skills that I had and said, well, uh, how can I make a living out of these other skills? You can take those to theater, but you're going to be really lowly paid. And, um, okay, you're going to get probably a regular job in the theater as, a, as an as, uh, assistant stage manager making props and doing different things. But what's that really what I wanted to do? And, and so uh, movies seemed a lot more glamorous for me and so I applied to get in. It was a long road. Uh, that's a whole other story. But, um, but you know, perseverance wins out. I say to people in my little book of big ideas, talent is all well and good, but it's perseverance that succeeds. All right. And how did you get involved with Star Wars specifically? Uh, well, um, 
Nobody knew who George Lucas was. I mean, okay, made American Graffiti, but we were in England. None of us had seen it. Um, we, you never know who that next new guy who's going to come in and and splash big and make a. You, know, you just don't know who they are. So what you need to do, what I did, was I targeted the people that had the biggest reputation in my field that I knew would get the work because no one's going to come in and give. Uh, a, a, a cutting-edge movie to a guy who's got no experience. Right? So I targeted Stuart Freeborn because he'd built the Apes from 2001 of Space Odyssey. He'd done uh, a lot of uh, movies with Peter Sellers. He'd, he'd done Alec Guinness as the uh, as Fagin in 1938. You know, he was, you know, he was the man. Yeah. And so I stalked him for a couple of years until he gave me a job. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so which Star Wars movies did you work on? Uh, mostly uh, episodes four and episodes five. I, I did a couple of weeks on episode six, but there, there were some issues there, and I, I was asked to go behead the department on another movie, so it was time for me to uh, move up move and move on. on. Yeah. Um, what other movies have you worked on? I worked on 54 movies, so it's hard just to Whoa. pull them off the top of my head. I worked on, I, I contributed to move, war movies like Bridge Too Far, which was a, a, an Oscar winner in its day. Movies like The Shining. Oh, wow. uh, movies like. Uh, um, uh, yeah, well, Julius Caesar's not one that anyone's going to think of. I'm thinking of the uh, Harry Harrison movies, uh, Sinbad and the Either Tide. And um, uh, what was the other one, Sweetie? Don't remember. Mm. Oh, Clash of the Clash Titans. Of the Clash of the Titans. Yeah. That's one of my so favorites. Those were all movies that people remember where I was helping other people. Um, we did uh, Superman as well. We did um, uh, you know, various things. And I, I, as a head of department, I, I, I did a movie called Kroll that was very popular with older guys. Um, and uh, Highlander and Life Force, where we destroyed London with uh, 175 zombies. And, you know, other stuff like that. So can you give us just a little insight into what your creative process is when you start a project? How do you get from concept to finished project? It really depends on the director because different directors have got different ways that they like to work. Um, some directors can be very picky. Some directors look to the talent that they've employed to help them develop the project. Those are the ones that are the nicest to work on. Those are the ones that are the easiest to work on because you say, yeah, but that's all well and good but it would be much better if we did something else it's a bit like saying you know you don't employ a plumber and then tell them how to glue the pipes together right you accept that they have their their niches and then you say how can we lay this out to be the nicest set of pipes right 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 um so um some of them will want to do drawings i always try to avoid that because drawings uh, you can spend a lot of time on drawings and then not like the stuff when it goes to 3D. Uh, I like to 
to just sit down with the director. You read the script, first of all, or actually a lot of the time. My wife would read the script and she would mark all passages that I needed to read because usually I'm on a movie and I have lunch with someone and i got to decide by tomorrow whether or not I want to do this movie or not. So she would read it and say, yeah, it's a good, it looks like it's going to be a good movie you need to read. She'd put little tags on each of the pages. I'd read the stuff that I had to do and then I'd sit down with the director and I'd ask him, what is this? How are we going to do it? What's your vision? Then I go away and I, I, I and my team would sculpt up what we thought was the closest to what he wanted. He would come in, he'd have a look, we'd talk about it, we'd do some changes. Then as soon as he says yes, we're ready to mold and away we go. Cool. Very cool. Do you have a favorite creation? Uh, I, if I could only work on one thing, it would have to be Yoda, you know. He's changed my life, and he's a nice guy, you know. We, we go to the bar together. Um, <laughs> I, I did some, uh, some great, uh, it sounds pompous, but some of the stuff that I did on Life Force was absolutely groundbreaking. Um, and so I'm kind of proud of that, even though the movie wasn't, you know, everything that we'd hoped it would be. Yeah. So when you go to the bar with Yoda and he gets a little too many in him, does he talk normal? No, no. <laughs> Someone once said to me, how come if Yoda's so smart he talks backwards? And I explained to them that the rest of the universe talks that way, we're the ones talking backwards. <laughs> nice. Okay, so when the special editions came out and there was a lot of changes, they were hit and miss with some people. What's your least favorite change in the special editions? I couldn't understand why they took uh, Hammerhead out and put another character in to the bar scene. That didn't make any sense to me. I understand that they were trying to test what they could do, what they could get away with, how they could make something work. Hammerhead, which I wasn't involved in building, was such a a well-recorded, well-loved character. It was hard to understand why they would remove that particular one. Um, But generally, I thought adding um, planetscapes and adding background characters I thought they were pretty good most of the time I, I had no problem with a special edition yeah so standing here in your shop for a while I've noticed that uh, whenever a child comes in you always have some really important message to pass on to them I'm trying to encourage kids to think big you know kids go to school and they just do what everybody else is doing because that's what everybody does that's actually how we all go through life we do what the neighbors do we you know we do what our classmates do uh, because that's normal and no one ever thinks about the fact that another word for normal is average or ordinary or standard and you can't live an extraordinary life by being normal people have come to me because they think I'm something special. I'm just an ordinary guy who made more effort than someone else did to 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 achieve my dreams. And so I, I want to try and help other people understand that. that. You know, them being successful is no comp- no competition for me. And if we all encouraged each other instead of putting each other down, then we'd live in a much nicer place. So I try to pass that on to the kids. All right, absolutely. And last question, if you could rent a billboard and put a message on it that potentially millions of people could see, what would you say on it? I'd say if you don't invest in your impossible dreams, you're the one who guarantees it won't come true. Okay. Uh, And what was the name of your book again? 
It's called the Do or Do Not Outlook, and then it's subtitled My Little Book of Big Ideas. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much. It was really cool getting to sit down and talk with Nick that day. He's a really great guy. He's got some cool stories and insights that he loves to share with people. If you ever get the chance to go down to St. Martin in the Caribbean, I highly suggest you visit his museum. Of course, you can also visit him online at nickmaley.com or on Twitter at Star Wars Yoda Guy. You can always find me online at www.richiesorcelli.com and on Twitter at, at Stories in Tech. The song for this episode is Stranger Danger by Francis Prieve. You can find it and the rest of his tracks on his YouTube channel. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun making it. And I hope that you come back next time so that we can talk about even more interesting things. <laughs>